just decided to do a little pair down podcast today. No bells and whistles. Um, I am sitting here on the eve of my 40th birthday. 40th birthday is tomorrow. My sisters, we have a chat. And so one of my younger sisters asked how I felt, you know, if I was excited and you know, I, I told her the word wasn't necessarily excited. Absolutely grateful for life and for another year. And this is a milestone. But I've been in a lot of reflection over the course of the past two weeks, for sure. I've definitely been in my number five Enneagram world, just thinking and reflecting and um, and definitely told her I'm feeling real grown out in these streets. <laughs> You know, people always talk about having like out of body experiences, but I feel like 40 feels like settling into your body, settling into who you are, especially for us as women. I don't know if anyone else has had a similar experience. It just feels good. It feels like I can breathe and, you know, where I am is where I'm supposed to be. You know, we spend a lot of our teenage years and our 20s and even 30s just trying to figure it out and it takes some time and so I'm feeling like at 40 it's just a great place to be 40 feels good but of course I'm in reflection about the next 40 years you know and the first thing that came to my mind was the word substance that's why I entitled this episode becoming a woman of substance because at this age (laughs) I can't afford to be playing around, you know, anything that I'm doing has to be meaningful, purposeful. It has to be impactful. I have to dig my heels into every role and leave places and spaces better um, than when I got there, leaving the place better because of my contribution, not taking, take, 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 take it. You know, I have been guilty of taking. And that's that immaturity. You know, you have to reach a place of maturity where, you know, it's like, I don't need anything else. (laughs) Anything else that I receive is extra on top of that, which I already have, which is substantial. So you reach this place of this doesn't matter anymore. This doesn't matter anymore. And let me prioritize. Let me hold up. Let me put on a pedestal those things that matter the most. So that is really how I'm feeling. I'm feeling. Like there, of course, is more for me to do, but with what I have, how can I do better? How can I make things better? How can I become a better Danielle? So, you know, a few pillars um, come to mind, of course, as I was thinking through what it means or what it looks like to become a woman of substance, because I am not suggesting that at 40, I have it all together because I don't, I'm still growing and learning. Of course, this is what this platform is about. But I have a lot of lessons to lean on. I have a lot of, you know, mistakes that I've made, a lot of, you know, hard knocks, bumping my head and <laughs> getting bruised, you know, per se, that, you know, I, I don't want to go back to those places. So, you know, how do I continue to move forward? You know, the first thing is embracing identity. Who am I? I am a child of the king. I'm a daughter of the king. I am Danielle. I am Carlos' wife. I am Madison's mother. I am daughter to Dan and Regina, sister to Felicia, Chloe, and Kirsten, 
um, a granddaughter, cousin, aunt, friend, all of those things, but more importantly, a child of God. And so at this place, I have to embrace that identity. I can't allow anything else to shape the way I think about myself, how I look at myself. You know, I'm sure we've all been in a place where we look in the mirror and we don't necessarily like what we see, but oftentimes though, that's the outward. And yes, there's nothing wrong with taking care of yourself and, and feeling good about yourself, but what's going on on the inside? What is going on in that thought process? And I know for me, someone that lives in my thoughts, I have to check my thoughts often. You know, what is it, Danielle, that God says about you? What has he said? What words have gone forth? Um, you know, prophecy has gone forth over all of our lives through the word, first and foremost. And then I'm sure it, through other people and places that God has placed in your life. And th those prophecies, those words don't always come to pass immediately. It's going to take some time and it's going to take some growth. And oftentimes those words sound great coming from, you know, the word or the scripture or from someone else's mouth that God has sent in your direction. But what they don't often share is that <laughs> in the process of getting to that place, you're going to experience some pain. You're going to experience some challenges. You're going to experience some loss. You're going to experience some confusion, some frustration. But it's all a part of that journey. So thinking about those things, what have I lost? But what have I also gained? You know, what was hard? But how did I grow in the process of that hard place? You know, where am I? as a result of that? And how does that align with what you know God says about you? And so those are the things that I have to remind myself of in terms of embracing identity. To that end, um, staying committed to my foundation, you know, having a firm foundation. The first scripture that comes to mind is Psalms chapter one. That was the first scripture I feel like my mom, uh, Bible scholar <laughs> of all time, greatest Bible scholar of all time, had us to memorize. And you don't understand what those words mean when you're seven, eight, nine years old. Of course, you know, if you have any, um, you know, foundation as a youngster in Christ, which I did growing up in church and in Christian public schools, you know that it's important for you to learn the scripture and memorize the scripture. But those scriptures that I had to learn and memorize back then mean so much more to me right now in this moment. Psalms chapter one, blessed is the man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly nor stands in the way of sinners, no sit, sits in the seat of the God, in ungodly. For his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in this law does he meditate day and night. I'm paraphrasing, but that scripture is etched on, um, you know, as they would say, the tablet of my heart. Because if I say that my foundation is Christ, then I have to be led by that. I have to make decisions according to that. And now more than ever, as someone who um, is a mother and I also work with other children and, you know, just am in a public space, <laughs> if you will, I can't be wishy-washy. You know what I'm saying? If I'm saying that Christ is Lord and he's my savior and I'm saved, thank God for salvation, then I have to, there has to be some substance behind that. Speaking of being a woman of substance, there has to be some evidence or some signs as the older folks would say, if you love the Lord, you ought to show some sign. There has to be some sign. So what does that look like? You know, reading my words, staying in the staying in the word, verifying everything according to the word. If it ain't true, I'm letting it go. 
staying in the word, prayer, my prayer life. It has its ebbs and flows, but I can always tell when I'm locked in. And we'll all have those moments when we're just not locked in, where we have, you know, prioritized other things, not purposefully or maliciously, just life be life and basically. But I can always tell when my prayer life is not where it needs to be. So in terms of keeping my foundation secure, I have to read the word. I have to pray. I have to sow seeds. That's not always monetary. That may be my time. That may be, you know, something that I have. Um, You come to a place in your walk with Christ where, and I know this for a fact, you're going to be required. There's going to be some requirements. (laughs) You know, so I, I feel like we're all in a place as believers where there are going to be some requirements and we have to be prepared. You know, Christ has given us the ability and the strength and we can do all things through him and he's going to enable us, but we have to be willing to say yes. So yes, yes, yes. Saying yes is a part of keeping that foundation firm. Um, So embracing identity, keeping the um, foundation firm, which is Christ. Time, being conscious of time. I was just listening to uh, Dr. Charles Stanley, someone that I love and who I actually share a birthday with y'all. And it, wow, um, if you don't know who Dr. Charles Stanley is, I would highly, I would strongly encourage you to get to know this bedrock of wisdom. Um, my mom, of course, introduced my sisters and I to him a long time ago. So you're talking books, you're talking, you know, tapes. Now we, you know, out of the world of tapes and CDs, but mom used to have all of them. Now you can listen to him on the podcast, all of his messages. And if you have the InTouch app, strongly encourage you to get that. Um, But he was talking about all the things that we have now that are considered time savers, whereas in the past, you know, he used the example of having to wash clothes on a washboard and having to hang those clothes out to dry. You know, he posed the question, you know, what what do we do now with the time that we save having washing machines and dryers? You know, some of us that are younger, you know, he indicated we wouldn't be able to identify with having to wash clothes that way, going out of our way to wash clothes and hang clothes up to dry. And so all that to say, what are you doing with your time? What am I doing with my time? Me, I feel like I've always been a fairly time conscious person. My dad drilled that into us. Um, He would always say, and I'm probably saying this wrong, to be late is to, to be on time is to be late. I think that's what he would say. So basically, if you are on time, you're late. You know, don't just be falling up in places you know, just tardy. Now, there are going to be times where, you know, for instance, I had a, a couple of weeks ago, I had a, a Zoom call and I ran late to that call because I had someone else that kept me a little longer on a call that I had prior to that. So that wasn't my fault. But being conscious of time, I apologized profusely to the group of people who were waiting for me on the other call. But I try to make a habit of being places at least 10 to 15 minutes in advance. I hate being late. You know, I hate being late and I hate when people, hate is a strong word, but that's how I feel. <laughs> I hate when people do not value my time. Great example. I, 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 my personal hairstylist is an amazing young lady. I've been with her for years now. She's always on time. She always keeps my hair looking good. But from time to time, our schedules don't align. So I had to find someone else locally to do something else with my hair in the interim until I could get back to her, which I don't really like to do, but 
I'm 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 a person. I love to switch it up. So I just got to switch it up for whatever reason. I don't know. That's just that's just my thing. So went to this young lady, and this happened twice, by the way. You know, because now there are all these stipulations and deposits and things of that nature. Great. I'm gonna pay you what you are asking and what you feel like you are owed and what you are due. But in return, you need to provide excellent service. So in these two occasions, I was I had to wait one 35 minutes and one 40 minutes, y'all. Those are moments where <laughs> people need to be glad that I know Jesus. And I have grown a lot because Danny, if, if you've ever been on the other side of Danielle, there's Danny. And when this mouth starts to fly, people get cut. But in those moments, one, because like I can't, my hair was busted. I needed something done to it. I can't be out in the public looking crazy. So I got to wait on you. But don't keep me waiting. I don't think we should ever keep people waiting. And if there's an instance where that should occur, speak up, open your mouth, say something, give some, give somebody some warning or advance notice about whatever is going on. Most folks, including myself, try to be as understanding as possible. But time is a gift, first of all, from God. Time is of the essence. I'm not going to get off on my soapbox about my experiences at those salons. Time is also money. Okay. okay? I have to live my life by the minute. I have a number of things going on. I can't drop a ball. Now, that's not to say that there aren't moments when you just want to take it easy and be at leisure and be at rest. Yes, absolutely. But when it ain't that time, it's not that time. So time, being time conscious. For me, that is a true mark of a woman who is living her life on purpose and with substance is that you don't waste time and you understand the necessity of time and you understand the importance of valuing not only your time, but other people's time. So I'm going to get off that soapbox. The next pillar that comes to mind for me in um, becoming or growing as a woman of substance is the people factor, you know, relationships. I've talked a lot about relationships on the podcast and on my platform, but I'm just grateful for the gift of friendship. And I'm grateful for the people I always, you know, look at it this way that God has placed in my path along the way. There's always been someone in my path along the way that I know had I not shown up where I was supposed to be and had they not been where they were supposed to be, we would have missed some form of, you know, what people refer to as divine connection, because those are the people that I am still connected to this day. Now, I am blessed, first and foremost, to have amazing family, my mom, my dad, you know, my sisters, um, grandma. I was talking to my grandma the other day. I have one living grandparent. She will be 90 next year. And you talk about a woman of substance. I have been blessed to see firsthand what that looks like in her and my granny, my dad's mom, who went on to be with the Lord in 2019, and my aunts, you know, my mom, you know, I talk about my mom all the time. So I have zero excuse in terms of what it looks like to serve the Lord and take care of your family and your business all at the same time. I have zero excuse, but I am grateful for friendship and we have to value each other. We have to value the role that we play in each other's lives, especially as women. You know, there's so many intricacies and things of that nature to us. We're, we're very unique and delicate and complicated all at the same time. But when those things get in the way of us celebrating each other growing with each other, mourning with each other, you know, whatever the other person needs, that's a problem. And that's where we have to evaluate ourselves. Like what's going on with me to, you know, 
to, to the extent that I can't show up for someone else. And we all have our moments. We all are going through things, experiencing things, um, the best of life, the worst of life, whatever. But there's always somebody else that may be going through something a little bit more difficult. So, you know, having to come out of ourselves and being giving of our time and not selfish and just considering others more highly than ourselves. That's what it means to be a friend, to be totally honest. And if as a grown woman, a good and grown woman, you are struggling in that area, you need to ask the Lord for some help and you might need to go into some form of counseling or therapy. (laughs) It's not funny, but it's the truth. Because at this point, you should know who the circle is and you should also be open to the fact that there may be others that need to be a part of the circle, not for a lifetime, but maybe for a moment. And you need to be in the right place. God is going to put them in the right place. And that relationship will flourish and grow. Yesterday, my coworker threw me a a little lunch surprise at work, which was, you know, a true surprise and a blessing. But my co-coach, she's actually the lead coach because she was in the role before I got there. And my supervisor kind of created the role for me to um, come alongside her. She gave me a card and I'm just going to read. Of course, the card on the inside has words that says 40 is when the fun begins, but she wrote an ex- uh, extended note and it says, Danielle, my life has been abundantly better since you entered it. You bring an authenticity, a laughter, and a consistency to all of your spaces. I'm so grateful for your partnership and your friendship. I hope on this B day you feel wrapped in the evidence and impact you have on those you are deeply loyal to. Happy, happy birthday, DB. Indulge. DB is what those close to me call me at work in particular. But y'all, I was like, who is cutting the onions? <laughs> you trying to break a, 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 a thug down, you know, because I'm not one to show a whole lot of emotion, but I didn't see that coming. She and I spend a lot of time together. We do. So we've gotten to know each other. You know, we talk about our families and kids and things that we have in common. And of course, much of what we do on a daily basis is tied to the other person. So naturally, we have to spend time together and be vulnerable. But I had no idea. You know, we always tell each other, girl, thank you so much. I appreciate you. But I had no idea. And that is, you know, think about what it is that you want people to say about you, not only when you're gone, but here in the here and now. For me, that makes me feel like, okay, I'm doing something right. And I have to build on that. You know, the bar has been set really, really high and I have to keep that going. But my rule of thumb is I don't, I want to treat people the way that I would want to be treated. Now, some people feel like, okay, well, I got to be authentically me and all that kind of stuff. Stop all of that. Because let me tell you something. If being authentically you is tearing somebody else up on the inside and causing their existence to be difficult, you need to cut it out. (laughs) You know, you can be yourself and still be gracious and kind and giving and not be a doormat because you set those boundaries and people know. People know where to cross and where not to cross because You've made it evident, but you've made it evident in love. Your love walks and your love talks. And those things show up first and foremost. And this is a place that I've had to grow in. I haven't always been gracious and kind and nice. But again, going back to those bumps in the road and those cruises, you know, I um, have had to learn. I've had to 